This is Dr. Bob Patton. Welcome to Making Much of His Mission. His mission, of course, is to see many come to Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, so we can't be with Jesus Christ. The Bible says further, The wages of sin is death. We are separated from Him and ultimately will go to hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us this as a gift. We can't earn it, but we can receive it. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become children of God. So as we receive Jesus Christ, he comes into our life, gives us his life, which is eternal life, and allows us to spend eternity with him. That is ultimately his mission. Let us all yield totally to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as our personal Savior. And now, the message for today. Welcome to Making Much of His Mission. We're going to look at a series of lessons on the book of Jude. Jude 1a starts off like this. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Now, as we look at the New Testament, the New Testament begins with the first coming of Jesus Christ on earth. He was born as a helpless baby in Bethlehem. The New Testament ends with his second coming, coming in the clouds as the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. The Gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell of the events of Jesus on his first advent here on earth. And the book of Acts afterwards is a transitional book describing his going back into heaven and his working through his servants here on earth until he returns back a second time. At the end of this age, there's going to be what we call apostasy. Apostasy is going to be marked by false teachers and people accepting them. We have been warned in the New Testament itself by Peter and Paul, John and Jude. Apostates are people who have heard the truth. They know what the, the Bible says, but they reject it. And Jude has a great burden to urge believers to keep the true faith in times of apostasy, the faith that is given once to the believers. And to be ready, because judgment is coming, the great tribulation with Armageddon is coming, and will be culminating in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Thus Jude is preparing us for the second coming, and of course the book that describes that is Revelation, the final book in the Bible. So Jude is a transitional book introducing the end of the church age and the coming of the king of kings after the tribulation. Jude himself is a half-brother of Jesus Christ. One mother, Mary, but as we know, Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit uh, and the Virgin Mary, whereas Joseph was the father of his four brothers, uh, including James and Jude, and some sisters as well. Jude did not call himself, however, I'm the brother of Jesus. He calls himself the servant of Jesus Christ, bond and the brother of James. And the word servant is bond slave. Actually, uh, the word implies one who is born into slavery. And indeed, we are born into slavery, slaves of sin. Jude wants to make sure that we know 
that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. You know, he lived with him throughout his entire childhood. He watched him, and after his resurrection, when he realized who he was, he realized he was without sin and is truly King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Messiah, and his Savior, and not just his half-brother. We, too, need to recognize that Jesus is the Savior from sins. He is without sin, and we need to be bond slaves to him and pledge that total allegiance which will allow him to live his life in and through us. And now with that little introduction, we'd like to look at one section of verse 1, sanctified by God the Father. Once again, Jude, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and brother of James, I'm sorry, let me read it properly. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in, Christ, in Jesus Christ, and called. This word sanctification is a bit of a different word. We're not used to using it. It really means being set apart, set apart for God, by God, by God the Father. Now, all true believers are purchased by the blood of Christ. We are redeemed of sin. We are set apart, and the importance of this is indicated by the price that we were paid for. Peter says we are not redeemed by uh, corruptible things, such as silver and gold. And by the way, silver and gold are not rapidly corruptible, but they are. But by the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ, no higher price has ever been paid. And the word sanctifies means then that we are set apart, set apart by God for a special purpose. God sanctified the seventh day and set it apart. It's a day of worship. He sanctifies us and sets us apart for a particular purpose, and he wants us to be totally obedient to him. But sanctification has further meaning. It also means that we are, by him, declared to be holy. He declares us to be holy. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, paying the price for our sins, and then we receive him, Jesus covers our sins with his blood. God sees our sins through the blood of Christ and considers us now to be holy. He actually takes us out uh, and places us in Christ. And what he does is amazing. He transfers our sins to the cross of Christ and he takes the righteousness of Christ and places it on us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of the more amazing verses in the Bible says, For he hath made him, that is Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thus we cannot sanctify ourselves, only God can do that. But what God declares, he declares what he has already done. And God cannot fail, and he cannot lie. And so we should not listen to the lies of the devil who say, no, you're not sanctified, you're not put apart, because God says we are if we have truly received Jesus Christ and have, are in his Son. What is the proper response? Not only are we in his Son, he his Son is in us, and we are to rejoice, love him, yield to him, and allow him to live his life through us. 
Sanctified means then to be uh, set apart. It means to be declared holy, but it also means for us to be holy. For example, before Israel could go into the promised land, and by the way, the promised land is not heaven or a sample of heaven, but the kind of life that is the abundant Christian life led by a spirit-filled believer. He said you have to sanctify yourself as to be a holy people. Peter says the following, but he, as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. That's lifestyle. That's a command. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Because I live in you, you must be holy. That's the kind of life you need to live. How should we live? <laughs> you can really ask the unsaved. They have a good idea of what the Christian should be. Uh, but to know what it should be, even the unsaved know that, and to do it are two different things. One of the things we need to do is to study the Bible because listen to this prayer of Jesus for us. John 17, 16 to 17, the high priestly prayer, Jesus Christ praying for us, they are not of this world, even as I have not of this world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we need to have his word in us that will sanctify us. Sanctify us through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, brothers and sisters, Jesus is praying for us. He is praying in us. And we are set apart by God, for God. Let us live holy lives, living them in his strength, yielding to his leadership, and obedient to his commands. May the Lord abundantly bless you this new year. And a final reminder, what we cannot do in our own strength, he can do through us. So as we try to apply what we've learned today, let us yield it to him and ask him to live his life through us. And once again, this is Dr. Bob Patton from Making Much of His Missions, wishing you a blessed day. God bless you. <music>